This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. Hey there, this is the Media Week Industry Podcast. My name is Dan Barrett, Deputy Editor at Media Week. I'm joined here at the ABC studios today uh, with Stephanie Bendixson from Good Game and EP of the program, Janet Carr. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. Hi. I, I promise it is me. I just sound a bit different. I'm losing my voice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> some lady, she doesn't even look like Stephanie. I don't know what they're trying to pull on me here. I know. It's, they just they just subbed someone else in. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I've got you both here because you're hitting 10 years of good game, which is a massive milestone for most shows, let alone a show about video games. Uh, so, Janet, you've been with the show from the beginning, haven't you? Yes. It was yeah. it, like... You know, there was a few of us, but I, my idea, really. Yeah. 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 Um, how did you, like, did you expect to still be here after 10 years? No. No. <laughs> no, not at all. I didn't expect to be here after one episode. <laughs> that, that first episode was, you know, quite hard to to get to because, you know, we made it really on the smell of an oily rag. The ABC, yeah. we weren't actually even commissioned by the television department. We were on ABC2, and ABC2 at the time, this is all sort of, you know, behind-the-scenes stuff, mm. but was actually um, managed by the innovation division and was really just a sort of rebroadcaster of main channel stuff. And there was They were just sort of dipping their toes into making original content. So this would have been just after it rebranded from being ABC Fly? Correct, yeah. correct. So ABC Fly happened, and then it got closed down because mm. there was a budget cut, and then uh, I, I think, uh, you'd have to uh, check, but I think a couple of years later, it came back as ABC2. Yeah. Yeah, like um, a two-year gap. Yeah, like a yeah. two-year gap, exactly. And then, so they just started to think about doing some original content, and I was actually there making a show for them uh, called Australia Wide, which was a yep. sort of uh, bringing together news and current affairs shows from around, uh, programs from around the country and repackaging it for ABC2. Which was the only ABC2 original show um, hosted by Georgina Robinson. Correct. Yeah. Wow, great. Go. Very good. Yeah. You should be on my trivia. This is my TV autism coming out right here. <laughs> well done, well done. Yeah, so, uh, and they asked me if I had any other ideas and being a massive gamer myself I said yeah. yeah I can see this beautiful marriage between you know a digital only channel which was ABC2 the uh, splendor and majesty that are video games and and a youth audience yeah and I was thinking about the uh, like video game industry over the 10 years when you started it was still the PlayStation 2 I believe, working out generations of consoles there it was it was the PlayStation 2 the Xbox 360 had just launched when we just started but we couldn't afford to buy one we didn't have (laughs) one the show didn't have any money um and i was very very lucky that i you know i made these um reach out phone calls to the games industry which was you know when i think back now i was such a noob about it like you know i literally rang up said oh this is the abc we make a show about video games can't afford a 360 can you lend me one (laughs) um and they were kind enough to say yeah sure you know sight unseen lend me a 360 and uh and that was how we made the pilot with a borrowed 360. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fantastic. Uh, now, Steph, you joined the show, I think, two years since the run of the program? Was it yeah, I joined at the end of 2009. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so when you joined the show, did you expect to still be here this far into the game? I don't think I was really thinking far ahead at all. It was yeah. more just that I was so excited to have the job because I was a big fan of the show to begin with. I used mm. to um, podcast it on iTunes and watch it on my way to my crappy job that I hated. What were you doing previously? <laughs> um, I was studying performance at uni and working in a call centre at night. Okay. So I would study um, all day. I was five days a week at uni and then mm. I would work at the call centre at night doing tech support yeah. and, on, and on weekends <laughs> as well. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> so you were definitely more than happy to leave that behind, I'm sure. Yeah, well, it was yeah. just 
it was very surreal because I, I remember even distinctly saying to a friend of mine when we were watching the show together one day, like, how cool would that be? What an awesome job. Yeah. And then it was like sort of stepping through the looking, the looking glass and, and onto the set. And it was so strange being there. And yet at the same time, I'd seen so much of the show, it kind of felt like home already. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of weird. Like, I listened to Janet Carr appearing on Download the Show, which is a really good Radio National show. And so I know the voice and it's kind of a bit weird, actually. <laughs> Talking to the real physical presence. Yeah, in a similar way. Uh, okay, so, uh, Stephanie, let's talk about you joining the show briefly. Mm. What was the audition process like? What were they looking for you coming on board? Well, it was a kind of a roundabout way, really, because the ABC at that time was looking for presenters for the kids' channel that they just um, were about to launch ABC3 at the time. Um, and so I was applying for that role. I didn't know that Good Game was looking for, for anyone. Um, and I was putting together an audition tape, and the basic um, premise of the tape, they said, was just to make something that really shows your personality and, and tells us who you are. Mm. So I went to a, to a convention and was like, well, maybe other people won't do this, and this is very intrinsic to who I am, nerd culture and things like that. And while I was at that convention, I saw Barjo and approached him as a fan yeah. because it was just so exciting. I almost didn't, you know, because I was too nervous. I sort of hovered behind <laughs> him awkwardly for a while and um on that day you know we started talking about games and everything and um you know little did i know that janet was looking for someone because they were going to do a a, a kids version of, of good game as well for mm. abc3 um, and we're looking to bring on a new host for that so um all the while I was auditioning for this abc3 gig um and then you know when things started happening with good game I remember distinctly Janet calling me and was like, you know, if you had the choice, and like I think before she even got the sentence out, I was like, good game in a heartbeat. Oh my gosh, I would love to do it. So then I had to um, submit uh, game reviews. Um, do you remember what reviews you did? I think I reviewed Fable 2. You did, and you did a really good job. I was like, yes. Yeah, again, again, because, um, again, because I'd seen so much of the show, I was really familiar with the format. So it was kind of, it felt like sort of natural from the beginning to be able to write. And, um, and I, you know, because I'd been at uni, I'd been doing a lot of essays and writing and things like that. So I was still very much in a critical thinking headspace. Um, so after I submitted that, that review and got the seal of approval from Janet, I then came in for an actual screen test, Yeah, which I just saw for the first time the other day, actually, when we were digging, digging through your office and how embarrassing. <laughs> oh, you were Fantastic. Yeah. You were fantastic. I'm not sure I've ever told you. Do you know it was Barjo who came back after that convention and said that he had met you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I think that's because then you called me after that. Yeah, yeah. And he came running in and he said, I think I might have found us <laughs> a really good girl. Because we wanted, uh, you know, as, as Steph said before, we wanted an extra presenter to yeah. come in and do Spawn Point with us. And I knew having two guys on the team that I really, really, really wanted to find a girl gamer, but it was, you know, it had to be someone who would completely be immersed in our, the whole culture that surrounds yeah. gaming. Because you can't fake her. You can't fake it. There's a, yeah. um, there is no way you can carry off saying lines about video games if you do not know what you're talking about. You can <laughs> see it, and our viewers are, you know, they would spot that a mile off. That's it. And you don't really have the resources to really fake it behind the scenes as well. Like, you watch a lot of uh, YouTube videos where there's been someone who's obviously just hired because they're, you know, a pretty girl or something to mm -hmm. face video games or talk about comics or something on like these YouTube channels. And you can tell when they're not genuinely into it and they're just a high, pretty face. Well, I think part of what has made Good Game always so unique is that it is our individual experiences within the games and we've always been really transparent with that and yeah. we show our own game footage um, even now we're showing sort of picture in picture game footage of our online sort of play sessions um, but yeah those those moments are what make the show so unique because we'll have 
maybe we'll even have a, an experience in a game that's not part of the actual game, but something that we find really funny and interaction. Yeah. And we'll, we're able to show that exact moment and that footage, and that can only happen if, if we're playing the games ourselves and having those experiences ourselves. What's more important to you? Is that the actual review itself or the game cultural aspects that surround us? So finding that funny thing in the game, finding that unique sort of character that doesn't really feel like it fits sort of with any other sort of video game. Oh, I don't know that I could choose because I think they're both so important. Yeah. You know, if for the ABC, critical thinking is obviously very important and um, you know being a review program we, we want to be able to discuss the game from a critical perspective but what gives it heart and personality are those moments that you're talking about that yeah. are just like <laughs> my distinct memory I think was Bajo um, when he, whenever he would finish a boss fight in God of War he would do this little spin around with his character which he <laughs> dubbed the victory swirl and then we started seeing people sending in photos of their characters doing their own little victory swirl and it's wonderful to watch those things spread yeah <laughs> well, that's ridiculous <laughs> Uh, so I find the time that you joined the show to be particularly interesting because it was right before that point where girls were really sort of highly visible playing video games. I've no doubt girls were playing video games before 2008. Sorry, 2009. 2009. Oh, yeah, when you Yeah. But, like, this was right at that sort of rise of YouTube video gamers sort of really just being seen out there and for girls to really become part of that conversation. And I remember there being some sort of um, very minor controversy about, oh, there's a girl that's been hired to join Good Game <laughs> yeah. to an extent. How long did that last? Like, that blew over pretty quickly, didn't it? Um, at the time, it felt like an eternity, but yeah. in the scheme of things, it did blow over pretty quickly, I think. Mm. Um, it was just, it was frustrating because, for me, it was not only my first job in television, but a job that I was so excited to have yeah. and so looking forward to doing because I love gaming culture and I love the show so much. So to then kind of be thrust into this murky, horrible, um, you know, space where people were just uh, questioning my credibility and, and, you know, whether I even played games at all. <laughs> yeah. It was really frustrating. Heaven and just as if, as if the ABC or someone like Janet would hire someone for, like, quote, unquote, sex appeal. Yeah. It's just so stupid. And I certainly have never thought of myself that way. Um, but, yeah, I think at the time... Um, I, I, at the same time, I can understand why people would have reservations because there was a lot of, um, you know, stuff in the media in terms of marketing of mainstream games and, and things like that and consoles where they would show just models and tank tops and stuff. Mm. And, you know, it was still very much an era of booth babes at conventions and stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, so that was... Which has only really just gone away as well. Yeah, yeah, and that's how people were used to seeing women in the gaming landscape of trying to sell games to men, mm. whereas Janet was trying to do the opposite. You know, she was trying to make it more inclusive and make it a space that was just normalising games for everyone and, and not trying to gender it in any way. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, so it was frustrating, but I think at the end of the day, Janet was, Janet was just um, adamant that if you know, we just let our work speak for ourselves, then, you know, we wouldn't have to prove anything. And, and that's ultimately proved to be true for the rest of my career, I think. <laughs> so, Janet, if you remember that sort of time period, is there anything you really had to do to try to sort of quell the our flames a little bit and just... Uh, or even sort of helping Stephanie, because it's pretty new to TV, obviously, and having to deal with that on top of learning yeah, what she's doing on TV, like, that's rough. That was really rough and really unfair on mm. on Steph and she was absolutely amazing I mean you know she was the real thing and I knew that I knew that so I knew that all it would take would be time and uh, I mean we used to I used to direct the show every week as well and we'd be in the studio and I'd be no, just be you just be you what do you think about this tell us what you think about this yeah. and and she did and and that was it so I think 
you know, it was it was it was very painful because it was very painful for the team and particularly painful for Steph. But that holding on to that truth, mm. um, you know, I knew that that would win out in the end. Yeah. And you only have to talk to Steph for a few minutes. Like, I remember when that was going down, I was doing a phone interview with you. Mm-hmm. You won't remember this because it was whatever. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, after five minutes of talking to you, I'm like, it's just a real deal. Like, it's just kind of ridiculous. So, yeah. Completely. And that is really, really important. I mean, I, I don't think I actually really considered how important having Steph on the show was until maybe even two years later when I got to reflect mm. on it. And particularly with our younger audience, the Spawn Point audience. And we used to get emails that kind of came in, you know, I'm a girl gamer, what games do you think I should play? And our response was always, you should play the game that you want to play. You <laughs> yeah. know, what are you most interested in? If you want to play a game like this, then this is the game that we recommend. Um, and they, we just don't get them now. Mm. I haven't seen a, a, a letter. We still get thousands a week. I haven't seen one that starts like that. I mean, it is now just accepted, certainly amongst the younger audience, that you are completely entitled to be in this space. Yeah. Now let's talk about ethics and game journalism. No, no, no. That's, that's, <laughs> well, that's, that's ridiculous. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, if you don't know what that's about, get on Google and just get scared. Um, okay, so without the movies no longer on TV, this leaves you guys as like the last real screen culture show like dedicated to it. So you've got the mix on News 24, but that's a mixture of all sorts of arts. Like you guys are the only ones really looking at screen culture. Yeah, I think um, ABC Me, as it is going to be called, I think yeah. they've got something coming, um, again, aimed at younger Australians. Um, and ABC Me being the rebranded ABC3. Correct, correct. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, at the moment, maybe. There'll be more coming, though, won't there? I mean, yeah. it's, it's a well-trodden <laughs> ground for, for TV. Yeah. Um, and with TV, one of the big shifts happening in video games in the next couple of months, PlayStation are bringing out their VR system. There's going to be a lot more VR around. How do you present that on TV? Because, obviously, you're trying to present an immersive experience on a flat screen. Yeah, it's really hard. It is hard. We We kind of change it up don't we I think we're getting something that is close to what works in the format of our particular program yeah yeah. I mean a lot of it as well as just um, you know describing the experience as you're as you're having it um, as well as being able to see a little bit of the vision we have looked at a few different ways of presenting it as well I think um We've seen some people do kind of a full picture um, view of what you're seeing in game, and then you have the two characters, uh, you know, the two gamers superimposed in front of it, if that makes sense. Yeah. People have done that, and that looks quite cool, but nothing can really give you that experience from a, from a sort of 2D perspective. Yeah. yeah. When you're in, in the space and you've got things flying at you, it's very intense. Now, as someone of whom is appearing on TV, and when you are appearing on TV, you're going to be concerned somewhat about how you come across visually. Sure. Okay? No one playing video games looks good. Like, people just look stupid. Okay? <laughs> even more so when I put on VR helmets and look even more ridiculous. Um, as a presenter, how do you deal with that? Oh, look, honestly, I think once you spend any amount of time in children's television, (laughs) all ego goes out the window. (laughs) You just have to, like, I don't know, you just have to throw caution to the wind and and really let yourself go. I've stopped caring about that stuff. I mean, I care what I look like to an extent and that I don't want to look like I've just gotten out of bed. But, I mean, it's amazing how much I would fret over that stuff when I first started and how much I don't care (laughs) I think also we've got very used to seeing images of human beings with large lumps of plastic strapped to the front of their face, haven't we? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, when we first started seeing that, we were like, oh, that's weird, you know, yeah. why? Oh. But now we see it so much, mm. you know, I think, you know, people have got used to it. Yeah. 
I think the number of VR goggles I've put into the Media Week magazine and on the website in the last couple of months, it's kind of, you saw it looked weird at first, but it's kind of... Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, once people have had... I think it really helps once um, your audience has ha- got to have a go, you mm. know, and, and every week more and more people are getting to have a go at what it actually feels like to have these things strapped onto your face and then what you're going to feel when you're in there. Yeah. Um, so that that's helped a lot as well. Now, because VR is kind of more about experiences than gaming at this stage, or at least that's the way it seems to be shaping out just because there's technological uh, limits on what you can do within the game. Mm. How are you guys going to approach that from an editorial standard? Because it's not technically games, some of these things where you're sitting next to a hitman driving you around places. Uh, we'll just evolve with it. Yeah. You know, we have done with everything else that's come our way. Just get a um, sense of what feels right. At yeah, well, and, yeah, and the lovely thing about Good Game has always been like every single person on the team is a massive gamer, everyone. Mm. Um, and because we make so many, <laughs> that we're allowed to be a little bit playful and a little bit experimental. So, you know, we can try something. And if and our viewers let us know, that didn't work. Oh, okay, right, we won't do it like that again. Yeah. You know, so I... I, I I'm pretty sure we can... We'll, we'll work out a way, won't we? Oh, for sure. And I think what's really exciting about the gaming landscape in general is that there are more and more diverse experiences coming out all the time. So we're mm. getting games that we can't even really classify as a game. We'll, we'll sort of think of it more as a, an interactive art piece, yeah. you know, or an interactive story or something like that. And that's still relevant to our audience. And it's actually an exciting opportunity for us to explore something a bit different without it necessarily falling within the genre of a, of a game. Yeah. Does that create a pathway for you sort of evolving the career as you go on? So you probably can't be the good game person forever, but if there's actually opportunities to leverage what you're doing here into new emerging sort of art forms, and if the ABC will come on that journey with you, is that something you think about? Sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, um, I've, I've explored that a little bit with um, How to Be a Fan, which is a series we just shot with the ABC on, on ABC iView. Mm. Um, and I think what interests me in general is geek culture and human interest stories. Yeah. So anything kind of within that, that area, I'm always drawn to. Is there such a thing as geek culture anymore? I think so. Yeah. I, I think so. I mean, I think it's obviously a lot more widespread, but then within that widespread geek culture, then you get your little niches and everyone yeah. has their kind of area. It's all about the pockets. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for example, I would say I'm well across a lot of things, but superhero culture is something that I'm still not very, um, I've never really been particularly drawn to, but I'm mm. surrounded by so much. I feel like I know a lot more than the average person because yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of my peers and, and things, and there's a lot of games based on, on the superhero yeah. franchise and things like that. I think all you need to know is Marvel films, good DC films, bad <laughs> oh go and say that next door <laughs> look I, I like the dc films but you know i'm certainly an outlier on that one uh, okay so you're within the abc uh video games there's a strong corporate culture around that uh, when there's like think about the last week there's been the playstation announcement last week there was a new firmware uh, thing released yesterday for it how much are you able to talk about that kind of thing? Is that an interest to you? or? Yeah, it's a complete... It is a, a, an interest to us, which is one of the reasons why we really wanted to start Pocket, which is the daily show, mm. was uh, where it gave us a lot more airtime um, and, and an ability to be a lot faster. So, you know, when we were sort of, you know, restricted... I was it, well. We were restricted to half an hour a week on ABC Two, yeah. um, it, and a very kind of lengthy, not compared to some programs, but for us, quite a lengthy production time, a whole week. Mm. Um, it, it 
meant that you know something like that would come out and then it would just be too late for us to bother mentioning it by the time we actually went to air but now yeah. we've got the daily show it means that yeah we can talk about all those things yeah and there's no problem with abc editorial no i mean the thing is you just report it as fact um mm. with pocket um nick boy who hosts pocket he you know he does it every day and he's extremely opinionated <laughs> about um so it's a little bit like kind of um media watch if you like you know he's allowed to have his opinion as well um yeah. and he does and he says but if you're a regular watcher of that program then you know you know that nick boy likes this and he doesn't yeah. like that and nick boy being nick richardson uh formerly yes, of uh, the roast. roast yeah that is him mm. i think as long as you're just telling people your honest opinion of something and not saying go out and buy it then we're yeah. doing okay <laughs> and, yeah, and you have to be kind of equitable like if we only ever talked about playstation yeah um then yes that would be a bit of a flag raiser <laughs> but we don't we talk about all games and mm. all consoles mm. and pc and everything yeah Oh, in terms of, um, sorry, I'm just trying to work out. I had a very good question surrounding that. I've forgotten what it was. <laughs> I should actually write these things down. Yeah. Oh. It'll come to you. What are we looking at here? Uh, okay, so changing topic slightly. Uh, what are you currently playing at the moment? And can you get obsessed by a video game and play that for months? Or because of the job, do you kind of need to keep moving on to like the next thing? Yeah, it's very difficult now, I think. Not so much in the beginning, but now we have a lot going on external to good game as well that makes yeah. it difficult to get really immersed in one game for any lengthy period of time. Um, I just finished um, playing the Battlefield 1 beta, which was really cool. Being able to um, you know, play through a World War One experience in Battlefields, trench warfare, yeah. biplanes, horses, <laughs> you know, all very different for Battlefield, but very exciting. Um, and, I'm, and this year I'm about to play, uh, sorry, and this week I'm about to play Recall, which um, they debuted at, at E3 a couple of years ago and, and looked really interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I used to I used to play a lot of games recreationally a lot more, but um, we do a lot of conventions now on the weekends. We have other sort of um, personal projects that we have going on as well, and I've been shooting How to Be a Fan for the past year mm. in addition to good games. So it makes it very different. Uh, it makes it very difficult to... Yeah, get really lost in the game in the way that I used to. And when are we going to see that? How to be a fan? How to be a fan? Yeah, uh, it's currently on iView. Oh, so it is there the whole season. Yeah, I, I missed the launch entirely. I've it's got a, um, yeah. it's seven episodes. They're about twelve to fifteen minutes each, and it's, the whole thing is there. You can watch it all at once. Binge watch it if you would. Yeah, <laughs> I'm embarrassed. I haven't even noticed this yet. I've got to pay more attention. <laughs> can I say what I'm playing? Yeah, sure. What are you? I'm playing No Man's Sky, which everyone around the world seem to hate but I quite like it so. <laughs> what do you like about it because all like, I've heard is why people don't like it I know I know I don't know it's like it taps into my little like I love that feeling of taking off in my spaceship and coming down through the clouds and there's a whole new planet and even though I know I'm going to see exactly the same things on all of those planets I, I kind of am getting it Quite. I'm enjoying it. The, and we should, we the should technology explain what was very interesting. Yeah. yeah. So we should explain what the game is. No one listening will be sort of aware of it. So it's kind of like a free roaming game where it's an entire planet to explore. It is. Really. I mean, their big selling point was that it's kind of like an infinite game, that there is the entire universe out there to explore, and every single planet is different and procedurally mm. generated. So you, every single time you land, you're going to be actually have a completely different experience. That isn't the reality. All the criticism is completely justified because you do land and it is essentially the same. But um, I'm still quite enjoying that process. And I quite like the fact that it's not... As I've got older, I don't like shooting very much. Yeah. Um, so I don't have to shoot anything. I can run. <laughs> 
what is it that's stopping you from being interested in shooting games? Is this that you've seen them all, or is it kind of the horrors of the world? It's like, I don't need this in my life right now. Yeah, look, I've never been very good at shooting games. My yeah. my first love um, is um, Age of Empires and um, oh, what they, what, what uh, RTS, mm. RTS games um, is really, you know, my where my passion really lies as far as gaming was concerned. Um, I really like uh, playing with other people, so I did enjoy Battlefield, but I've never been that good at shooting. Um, so I tend to, you know, err towards the platformers and the puzzlers and the RTS game. Yeah. <laughs> now for a creepy question, because I've never met you in person, but I believe you've got a son. I have two sons. Two sons. Mm. Are they video gamers? They're massive video gamers. Okay. <laughs> I love. I so do. it's not like that weird thing with that black sheep and your. No, uh, no, yeah. no, no. I mean, they've always been. Like, I actually think it's been fantastic for my relationship with my sons. Yeah. You know, the fact that I have been as passionate about video games as they are, that we've always had that in common. You know, I mean, I'm, I believe video games have changed the way we entertain ourselves as human beings. They are mm. an entertainment medium of our time. They're worthy of serious analysis. And, you know, kids should be allowed to play them in in a full <laughs> life where there's lots of other things. Um, so for me to be sort of, sort of a champion of them, of course, they've loved the show. I actually was joking with my 18-year-old, my, my baby's 18, that, you know, now the show's 10 and he's 18 and now an adult. I have to go make an adult show now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so one of the big successes of Good Game has been the availability through iView. Now, do you think the show would have been able to achieve the success it has without iView? I mean, you were saying you watched it as a podcast uh, pre-joining the show. Yeah. So, like, do you think you would have been, like, discovering the show if it was just on broadcast TV and no other avenues? I, I don't know. Maybe yeah. not. I mean, I, I, think, um, I, I think there's some, some people watch TV. Um, you know, in certain time slots and some people, mm. I think, especially now more so than ever with things like Netflix and what have you, people want to yeah. watch things when it suits them. I would so just thought gamers particularly be more drawn to an online delivery yeah. then. Yeah. 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 We actually predate iView and the very, very, very first program, I actually had to fight for this. I was like, I want the show to be available as a download. Yeah. Um, don't care about the rights. People are allowed to download it and do whatever they like with it. We are going to put it up on any platform that will take us. And it has been like that from the beginning, mm. and it is still like that. Um, because, you know, for me, a viewer is a viewer, a viewer. My, our job is to make compelling uh programs for Australians and however they want to access it is up to them so you know that's why the program is available across multiple platforms yeah and I presume you see the numbers from the various platforms we do I mean there is a uh, it's interesting and that's just really sort of an internal ABC thing but yeah. you know when you're funded through television as we are the television people like to know that people are watching on the <laughs> television and they don't really I mean it's yeah. not so much now um, but you know there's been times in the past where it's been oh well you know a TV viewer may be perceived to be more valuable than someone say watching it on YouTube mm. but now it, 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 it's equal, it's much more equal which is great yeah. I mean even some of the big marquee shows on the ABC and now I view like I mean Clever Man for example they were yeah. really pushing that as an iView program yeah they yeah. were and, uh, and Barracuda I think all four episodes were yeah. on one and uh, Clever Man yeah. just popped up on the BBC iPlayer so I that's yeah, yeah it's great yeah. I'm not sure how I know that no I don't know that either <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> VHS is from England yeah awkward <laughs> that's exactly it um, so you uh, not really having to give numbers or anything but there are still people of whom are direct downloading it rather than just iView yes there yeah. are 
there are people who are direct downloading. There's people who are watching it on YouTube, people who are watching it on iView, people who are watching it on the good old TV. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. That's yeah, fantastic. Yeah, it's still available as a MP4. Yeah, yeah. yeah. podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and final question for you both: uh, What's the actual engagement you have with fans on a regular basis? <laughs> Steph, you were saying you go to a fair number of conventions. Yeah. Uh, so, how much do you sort of talk to people on the convention floors? It depends. I mean, my I, I, I've been doing a lot of regional conventions lately, which are my favourite because they're smaller and you can spend more individual time with people and actually yeah. get to get to know them a little bit and have a real conversation. At some of the larger events, people tend to really want to just get a picture with you I mean they'd love to talk to you as well but there are so many yeah. people there they they would like the memento so we try and get everyone through as quickly as possible because the line it will go on for days it's amazing we would never every single time we're just in awe of the, the people that turn up to see us and we also have done some live shows as well part of the Sydney Comedy Festival um, at various gaming events as well we've done live live shows yeah um, and you get different audiences for them than you do the conventions or is it the same crossover it's pretty much the same crossover, yeah. I think. Yeah, and, and you know, it's all people that get all the in jokes and who watch the show <laughs> regularly. And yeah, yeah, it's great. Well, that's awesome. And Janet, do you really talk much to the viewers directly? Or? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I've said from the beginning that we are the show without screen between us and the audience. You know, like yeah. we came out of the gaming community. Like, you know, the reason the show exists is because we were passionate gamers, and there was no media, uh, no television media anyway, that reflected what we cared about. Um, and so from the very beginning that day that first show went to air those forums went live i mean this is predates twitter and i think facebook was just about around um but you know we have always listened it's there we everyone on the team um is very active we all read all of the comments you know something lovely comes in it gets shared around um and you know i'm never happier than when i'm out in amongst the gamers yeah somebody just sent me a viking drinking horn oh from from central europe just arrived no anonymous no message but they know that i'm big into vikings so it was just this random <laughs> gift. it's just but that's people pay attention to everything there's yeah. nothing that you can ever say online that somebody won't latch onto and then make something lovely out of it yeah it's been so lovely with spawn point as well all of the little in jokes we have uh, will be something that bajo said that the kids will latch onto and then run with and then suddenly we get all these letters you know and and that's so, so wonderful that kind of constant feedback yeah yeah Oh, that's fantastic. It is. It's really... And, and that's the power, really, of, of all of the sort of, you know, modern platforms that you can have this interaction, that you, you know, you can get instant feedback on stuff. I always say to other people in the ABC, if you want me to do a bit of market research, it's super easy. I just put up a post, you know, get people to answer it straight away. I, I went I also to, um, just this past weekend, I went down to the Bigger Valley and was and participated in a game jam there. Yeah. Was the, and the idea of it was to, to foster opportunities for kids in regional areas. And it was just the most inspiring weekend of kids you know, learning how to make games and there were indie devs there helping them and it was just such a wonderful extension of Spawn Point, you know, having those kids being so excited to have me there judging their game creations and playing them and uh, it was just amazing. Yeah, oh, that's fantastic. Uh, guys, thanks so much for your time and in case we haven't really said it, 10th anniversary, I think it's episode 396. Is, Is it? Right? <laughs> uh, this, this is what the email told me. <laughs> episode 396, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, wow, that's, that's a lot, isn't it? <laughs> it's um, it's airing on Tuesday at at the special time of seven thirty p.m. Yeah. So not our usual time slot, but it's a full hour episode. Yeah, but no doubt the majority of people will be watching on direct download, YouTube. And- <laughs> <laughs> it would be really nice if they did watch on the TV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Richard Finlay's no law firm. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. And people can find us at mediaweek.com.au. And of course, find us on Twitter and Facebook, Media Week AUS. Thank you. Thanks.